You're listening to a podcast from Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, whose mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Well, I'm glad that um, you are all able to be here tonight, uh, see the mixture of two churches coming together to celebrate this night, um, to celebrate Good Friday. And I hope that you made it here okay, that there wasn't too many difficulties along the way as you came, and that you were, you were easily able to enter through these doors to come into the sanctuary this evening. But the reality is, is that it wasn't always that easy to enter into the sanctuary. It hasn't always been this simple to come in to the presence of God as his people to meet with him. You see, here at Red Sea, we've been working through the book of Exodus slowly, and we have just gotten through the first 19 chapters. But as we begin to look at the second half of the book of Exodus, God is going to explicitly lay out some ground rules for what it looks like to meet with him, for what it looks like to worship him and to come into his presence. God will covenant with his people. He will give them some clear commands, and then he's going to give them uh, some building plans is what it's going to seem like. He's going to give them some instructions, and those instructions are to build a tabernacle. Now, a tabernacle, that's, that's not a great word in our culture, but think of it as saying he's giving them instructions to build a church building. That's basically what the tabernacle was. The tabernacle was this structure where the people of God would come to meet with God. And that's what, we, that's what we tend to do in a church, right? We come as Christians, we come to this building, we come to worship through music, we come to pray and lay our burdens before him, we come to sit and hear the word taught, and we come to meet with God. And so God was going to give his people, Israel, these clear instructions on what it looked like to come and meet with him. They would have to build this, this, this fence on an outer room, and then in order to come in there, they would have to come and they would have to purify themselves. And then there would be the building inside the courtyard. And in this building, there would be, there would be two distinctions. There would be a holy place and there would be the most holy place. And in the holy place, there would be these, these golden lampstands and there would be this, this table where they would have some bread of the presence and they would have incense burning and it would it'd be this great thing. But only certain people could go into this first room. Only the Levitical priests, only those who were called to minister the word, could come even in through the doors to the temple into this one room to see God. And then on this one special day a year, only one day a year, could the high priest, the, the one singled out to lead all the priests among the people, come even through the holy, of ho- holy place into the most holy of holies one time a year, and to, well, to be in there and to dwell in the presence of God. And in that, in that most holy place was the, tab, was, the, um, was the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. The, the Ark was this, this box that was made that held the Ten Commandments, and then on the top of it, it had these, these two golden cherubim. They're like lion-like figures with, with human faces and bird-like wings, and they're bowing down with their, with their wings over it. And, and the top of that was called the mercy seat. The mercy seat. 
And in order to even come into this temple, there was great sacrifice that had to be done. They would have to go through this ritual purification, and they would have to, um, they would have to sacrifice through a, a blood offering of a lamb or a bull or a ram or all these things. And they would have to come in, and they would sprinkle the altar with blood. And it was to atone for the sins of the people so that they would be on, on good terms with God for the next whole year. And in order to get from the holy place to the most holy of holies, there was this curtain. And uh, Caitlin's going to put a picture up here on the screen of what the tabernacle looked like. And you would go through this first curtain and you would go in to the holy place. And then in order to get from the holy place to the most holy place, you would have to go through another curtain, another veil that you would have to go through. And this was no like small little thing. This was a hand-woven, beautiful, 30-foot long by 60-foot high curtain that separated the rooms and separated the spaces. And so tonight, as we are celebrating and we are calling this Good Friday, we are celebrating because the veil is going to be torn. The veil is going to be broken. There is no longer going to be a distinction between the holy place and the most holy place. There is no longer going to be a separation between God and his people. And that all happens because of Jesus. So we're going to open up to the book of Matthew, and the words are going to be on the screen. Um, and we're going to look in Matthew um, chapter 27, verses 45 through 56. And I'm going to read those for us here tonight. <clears throat> Matthew 27, starting in verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went up into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly this is the son of God. There was also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph the mother and the mother of sons of Zebedee. We call this day Good Friday. But in reality, what, what's really good about it? Right? Like this, there's this duality to it. There's this amazement and wonder of what has happened and what God has done through the sacrifice of his son. 
But there's mourning in that, that, that this man, this God-man, had to come down and die a horribly brutal death in order for a debt to be reconciled. A debt to be reconciled between God and the man that he created. See, sacrifice has always been a part of, of the way God has worked to cover the brokenness and to cover the sins of his people. Even all the way back at the beginning in the Garden of Eden, God made the garden, he made all these things, and then he made Adam, he made a man. And Adam was lonely, so he made a woman. And then in the midst of that, Satan came, and in the midst of that, he, he tempted them. He questioned them. He said, did God really say these things to you? And so in the midst of that, they, they doubted. They chose not to trust in God. They cho- not, chose not to believe the words that he spoke directly to them from his mouth, and they disobeyed. And so because of that, they had to leave the garden. And before they left the garden, uh, as we all know, when they were in there, they, they were naked and they were unashamed. But to cover their shame, God had to perform a sacrifice. He took one of the animals that he had created and he slaughtered it. And he slaughtered it to create clothing to cover his people that he had created, to cover their sin, to cover their nakedness, and to cover their shame. Now, this continued throughout, throughout all the history of, of Israel, throughout all the history of God's people, is that in order to cover their guilt, in order to cover their shame, in order to overcome their fear, there was a sacrifice that had to take place. There was blood that had to be spilt. Now, historically, that was through the sacrifice of a lamb. That was through the sacrifice of a bull or, or, or some other form of animal. And it wasn't just any animal. You couldn't be like, okay, God, I'll, like, I'll take this sickly one that's not really helping me out, and I'll sacrifice that one to you. No, God was explicit. It had to be the first. It had to be the perfect. It had to be the spotless one. Because only the perfect spotless one could, could, could kind of make things right with a perfect spotless God, right? And so what happens here on this day is that Jesus is coming to be that perfect, spotless lamb. Right? So, so as we have walked through here, um, we've gotten to come into the presence of God today. We're getting to come into the presence and, and to be his people and to meet in this place because the veil has been torn. As Jesus was on the cross, as Jesus yielded up his spirit, as he gave up himself, he was not murdered on that day. He submitted on that day. He gave up his own self on that day. With his own full strength, he yielded up who he was so that God would be glorified and that people could be reconciled to him. And that curtain, that curtain that was, was beautifully made, that 30 foot long by 60 foot tall, thick, massive curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. And there was no longer a distinction between those who could not enter the temple and those that could. On that day, as the curtain was torn, mercy was given and revealed to all people. There was no longer a separation from that mercy seat. There was no longer a separation from God's presence. And that was all because of the blood that was spilled. Right? As I, as I think about the, the day that, that Jesus died, and that we call it Good Friday. We call it good because the sun the perfect son, Christ Jesus, was, was nailed to the wood, right? He had to sacrifice and die. 
And as, as, I, as I think through that, I think in, it, it always comes to me, um, one of my favorite, favorite songs is by this, this band called Seven Places. And as they finish out their, this album, um, it's this quote. And I think it's this, this powerful quote of, of what happened that day. And, and, and I think that that's a good thing to, to think through and to, to go through tonight. And so I'm just going to try and quote that for you. <laughs> and so as, as, a, as Jesus has gone through this, um, it says, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is the propitiation, the satisfaction, if you would, for our sins. And not just for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. The blood of Jesus flowed from seven places. The first place he bled from was his head. As the crown of thorns was dug into his head that day, the blood flowed and covered his face. And you may think, well, well, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't face up to, to Jesus. I, I've turned around. I, I've looked away from him. I've, I've looked at things that I may not have, should have. But the blood flowed for you. It covered his face. And then you may think, well, well, I don't know, God, I've, I've turned my back on you. I've walked away from you so many times. But they took Lephagellum that night, and they beat his back brutally. And his back was reduced to hamburger meat that day. His back was beaten so brutally. And as you may have turned your back on him and walked away from him, you can remember the blood that was shed that night as his back was beaten and torn apart for you. And then you may think, well, well no, there's, there's just like this I've done these things with my hands and I've, I've touched things that I shouldn't have and I've, I've grabbed things that, at things that I haven't, shouldn't, shouldn't have wanted and I've coveted. Well, his hands bled too as he was nailed to the cross and spikes were driven through his hands. Well, you say, well, well maybe he's done all those things, but there's just this, this bitterness in me. I'm just angry with people and I, and I can't forget and I can't forgive and I just don't want to move on. Well, blood flowed from inside of him too as they took a spear and they shoved it through his side and blood flowed from him that night. Feet. Maybe you've walked where you shouldn't have walked. Well, blood flowed from his feet that night too as they took the spike and they pinned it through his feet to the cross of Calvary, hanging him there to die. You see, you may, you may think, well, I, I don't know. I've, I've looked away. I've, I've turned my back. I've, I've touched things that I shouldn't have. I'm just bitter inside and angry. Or I've walked away from you and I've walked to places that I shouldn't have. Anything that you may think that you have done that is too much for God, it's not too much. Because the perfect, sinless Savior died that night. He gave up his spirit so that we can enter into the presence of a perfect and holy and righteous God. Amen? That is an amazing, amazing thing. <clears throat> you see, that day that Jesus died, the people would shout with their voices and their, their hands held high, and they would angrily shout, Let him be crucified. See, they thought that they were getting victory that day. They thought that, that they were going to shove down this agitator who was trying to, to go against what they wanted to do. But in reality, everything was going exactly as God had planned. 
This was how Jesus would come to the cross. This is how Jesus would come and and make a restitution between people who did not want to have anything to do with him and a God that was reaching out to reconcile with his people. And that all took place through the blood of the lamb that was spilt that day. It's an amazing truth. And that is why we get to celebrate today. That is why today is Good Friday. It is Good Friday because although a man had to die, he died so that we can be reconciled to a perfect and holy God, something that we could never have done on our own. And we get to rejoice in that, right? There is sadness for the day, but joy comes with the morning, right? And as we, as we continue on tonight, we are going to get the opportunity to, to remember that, to remember and reflect on this body that was beaten, this body that was tattered, this body that was hung on a cross, and the blood that flowed from him to cover our brokenness, to cover our shame, to cover our nakedness, that we could be united again with him. And we get to do that by the taking and receiving of communion tonight, together as one body, so as we get to, to lead into that, let's, let's prepare our hearts and pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that we get to come to you. We thank you that your mercy has been, been made available to us because the curtain has been ripped. The veil has been torn in two from top to bottom that we may enter into your presence that grace was poured out through the blood of the Lamb. It's a beautiful thing. We humbly come before you tonight. We are saddened at the loss, but joyful at the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please visit us at www.redseachurch.org or contact us at info at redseachurch.org.